0: Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for being here. Like Matt said, my name is Nathan Harris. I'm the family pastor here at East Point. I'm glad to be here with you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. Had lots of great food. Got to spend some time with some family I hadn't seen in a while. Didn't end up killing anybody. That was a good thing. Um, Although I do think one lesson learned this year, two words, maternity pants. I think I need to invest into some. I got a little bit tight right around here, so... Anyway, hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, we are wrapping up our series called 1,000 Gifts, which is all about giving thanks. It's all about living a life of thankfulness. And if you're new here or you just haven't been around in a little while and you haven't been able to hear the the messages in this series, I'd encourage you to go to eastpointchurch.com and up above, you'll see a link that says Recent Talks. Click on that. It'll take you to our message page and you'll be able to download, watch, listen to all of the messages that have recently happened. But as we conclude our time this morning, excuse me, in in talking about 1,000 gifts, we're going to talk about the practice of thankfulness. The practice of thankfulness. Why is practicing thankfulness important? Let me, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you here say thank you? Yeah, we all do. We've all learned that. That is good manners, right? Well, I I hate to burst some bubbles, but just because you say thank you and maybe you say it a lot doesn't make you a thankful person. It doesn't make me a thankful person. Point in case. I say thank you all of the time, but there was this one particular time I was gifted a really nice meal. Thick, juicy ribeye. Mashed potatoes. Some really nice Vegetables that were completely ruined by the half a pound of butter on top of them. Okay? It was grand. I was with family, I was with friends, and it was great. And I loved it. The next day I started complaining about it. You know why? Because the service at the restaurant we were at was subpar. I took that one thing and I negated everything else about the experience. I became the poster child for being ungrateful. You ever do anything like that? Never, not me. I don't ever do anything like that. I remember one time I was given a gift, a Christmas gift by somebody I loved, I have good relationship with, but they gave me, I was in high school, they gave me, oh Lord, a Hello Kitty Toothbrushing set. Did I just turn into a girl? Come on, are you kidding me? You ever have anything like that happen? Oh, yeah. Maybe you have had a great time with family and friends. You've you've gone out for a a really nice meal. You've seen a great movie together. You're riding in the car on the way home and you're having a great time together. But as you're trying to get home, you've got three people on I-90 blocking the lanes, driving in tandem, doing 57 miles an hour. Don't they know you've got somewhere to go, someplace to be? And it ruins the night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe for you, it's not those kind of crazy, annoying things like it is for me. Maybe for you, you're dealing with an issue of maybe a deferred dream. A hope that has gone unfulfilled. Having a child. Getting married. Maybe a, a, a better position at your work, whatever it is. Listen, if you are here, you are a Christ follower, you need to understand and part of what it means to be a Christ follower is to live a life of thankfulness in every situation. Our culture tells us the next big thing is here. Drop what you've got, come and get it, because everything else is meaningless without this thing. And Jesus says, "I'm enough. I am all that you need." So how do we get from the place where in this air we breathe, this culture we live in? And I'm not preaching against stuff, but how do we get from this attitude of there's something else? There's something I'm missing to being able to rest and say, Jesus, you are enough. How do we go from one place to the other? And it's this. Here's the answer. We begin by practicing thankfulness. Because thankfulness doesn't come naturally to us, does it? We have to practice it, just like football players. The Seahawks, you think that they've been able to run plays well? Okay, bad example. Do you think... Yeah. All right. Good football teams. Just kidding. All right. Do you think football players who are able to run plays well, just do that automatically. No, they have to practice it over and over and over. And as they practice it over and over, they learn the timing. They learn the steps. They know who they have to block. They know where they have to be. And as they practice it over and over and over again, it becomes second nature to them. It's the same thing for us. it has Thankfulness has to become second nature for us. And for us, living a life of gratitude begins with entering a process of practicing thankfulness. That's our big idea this morning. Becoming a grateful person involves a process of practicing thankfulness. Listen, if you're a Christ follower or you're here, or maybe you're listening online and you're investigating what it means to be a Christ follower, you have to hear this. To be a Christ follower means that our lives demonstrate Thankfulness, And it's lived out in our attitudes and in our actions, in the love that we give away to other people. The way we hold nothing back. There's this guy named Paul who wrote to a small out-of-the-way church in a small out-of-the-way town called Colossae. And these Christians in this little town in this little church were constantly being bombarded with ideas and philosophies that were specifically designed to derail them from following Jesus. They were constantly being told following Jesus is wrong, following Jesus is small-minded, following Jesus is limiting. Does that sound familiar? Our culture says go after the next big thing. You don't because without it nothing else matters and Jesus says I'm all that matters. All right? And Paul's answer to these people is what we read here in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Here it is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. In these two short verses, we are given an entire way to map out our lives, a way of living that culminates with a wild and out-of-control thankfulness in the way that we live and that we encounter other people. A way of living that isn't based on a bunch of checklists, things to do. Yep, I did that. Yep, I did that. I did my good deed for the day. All of that. No, it's based on a person to follow, to become like, and his name is Jesus. In verse 6, Paul says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. In other words, since you have said, I am pledging my allegiance to you, I am going to be faithful to you as the current ruling reigning king of the world. That's what Lord means in that verse. It means that Jesus is the current reigning king of the world. And Paul says, since you've, you've pledged your allegiance to him, since you've received him as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Focus your whole being on him. He continues and says, you've been rooted and built up in him. He uses two different uh, pictures here. One is of a tree whose roots have gone down deep and it's very strong. And the other is of a building that has been, had had a really good foundation laid and it's been masterfully built. And Paul says, basically, listen, God has done this to you. He has done this to you. Since you have received Christ, God has rooted you deep in Christ and He's built you up in Him. So here's the point stay the course. Remain focused on Jesus as both the example to follow and the road to travel to become God's people who are marked by a thankfulness that goes everywhere, kind of like a river, a river in the springtime when it gets swollen with the, sp- with the snow melt and the spring rains and it leaves its banks and it just goes everywhere. That is the picture of the thankfulness that we were being called to in these verses. It's a thankfulness that sloshes out over everyone and everything that we come into contact with and it demonstrates to the world that our God reigns. It says that we are grateful to him. That's pretty cool stuff. That's a pretty high calling. How do I get there? Because I still oftentimes, being honest, I still chase after the next big thing. How do I stop that and move over here? I have to practice thankfulness. And there are three specific things that we need to put into place as we begin to do that. We need to guard our hearts, we need to guard our mouths, and we need to guard our minds. And then I'm going to give you a practice that will help you to put all three of those things together, okay? So here we go, the first one. Guard your heart. If you want to be a person of gratefulness, a person who lives in thankfulness, guard your heart. Specifically, be wary of envy and negative comparison. My son Caleb is a wheeler dealer. Some of you know him. He's constantly looking at at something better, something else and he's constantly, ever since he's been two, he's been coming up to me. Oh, daddy, I've got a better idea. And it always benefits him, right? So much so that I've, I've given him a nickname, Priceline, because he is the negotiator, all right? Now, to be perfectly honest, I do the exact same kind of thing. I see something else that I want, I, but I don't go to the negotiation. I go to pouting, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Guess I'll go eat some worms. Right? I pout. I get grumpy. I grumble. Nobody else here ever does that, do they? No. Wouldn't think you guys would. How about you? What do you do? Think about your situations. What do you do when you see something that you want, you don't have it, and you enter into that envy and that negative comparison. What do you do? Here's what the Bible says about this. Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart, for from it, for everything you do flows from it. Excuse me. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In other words... Whatever your heart is de- is conditioned by, whatever you are chasing after in your heart, that is where your actions go. That is where your values lie. That's what that verse is talking about. Proverbs also says in Proverbs fourteen thirty, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy's a disease. Why? Because with it, we are constantly afraid of what we don't have, what we're missing out on, and we're looking at that. And we can't rest in peace. Here's the point. Guard your heart. If you're a Christ follower or you're thinking about becoming a Christ follower, part of how you can enter into the process of practicing thankfulness is to guard against things like envy, negative comparison, and even bitterness about your situations. And we do this. We guard our hearts by stopping. We take ourselves out of situations. We physically choose to do that. And then we refocus on God. We focus on him, who he is, what his character is, what he has done for us and what he's calling us to. And we do this because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be a thankful people whose lives are, Express thankfulness to God in all that we say and all that we do. We need to guard our hearts. Guard your heart, but also guard your mouth. That's the second thing. Guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Specifically, stop complaining and griping. Don't complain and gripe. I never do this. Well, actually, just last week, I felt hurt by somebody. And I wasn't in a counseling session. I wasn't just getting something off of my chest. I was sinning. And I complained and I griped. And as the words came out of my mouth, my attitude got darker and darker and darker. And I started circling the toilet. What about you? What happens to you when you are just complaining, when you're just spewing the words? and griping. What does your attitude look like? What happens in your world? Here's what the Bible says about guarding our mouths. 1 Corinthians 10 10. And do not grumble. This is is really uplifting here. You ready? Do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Let's uh, close it up. We'll leave now. In this verse, Paul is actually encouraging the church in Corinth, and he says, remain faithful to God. Don't do what the Israelites did, because what they did was they grumbled. They grumbled against Moses, they grumbled against God, and God takes that seriously because grumbling destroys unity. And if you're going to be faithful to God, you've got to stop the grumbling. You can't complain about each other to each other. Because it destroys unity, and unity is vital to what God is going to do in us and through us. Here's something else the Bible says, James 1, Those who consider themselves to be religious, in other words, those who think that they're being faithful to God and that their lives demonstrate that, okay, that's what that means. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. They're delusional. And their religion is worthless. It's worthless. Our mouths can negate what God wants to do through us. That's pretty serious. We need to guard our mouths. Here's the point, if you're a Christ follower or you're investigating becoming a Christ follower, part of how you can join in and, and begin the process of becoming a grateful person and practicing thankfulness is to guard against griping and complaining. And we do that by stepping back, by focusing our thoughts, our hearts, our intentions on God, on what he has done, on his love. And when we do that, guess what? Praise is going to bubble up in us. Okay. We're gonna start thinking good things about God and we're gonna start thanking him for those things. And guess what? As we do that, we're also gonna begin encouraging other people around us. And so it actually, it's not just a matter of not complaining and griping, it's about doing something else that pushes those things out. Why do we do this? Because we're called to be a people who live thankful, thankful lives. And we do that by beginning to practice our gratitude. Guard your heart. Guard your mouth. And finally, guard your mind. Guard your mind. You know, I uh, oftentimes, I put my son Caleb to bed, and he will ask me a question. Daddy? And he's actually been a little bit serious when he's asked this. He says, Daddy, what if somebody comes in and takes me what if somebody comes into the house and takes me in the middle of the night? To which I get a little gleam in my eye and I say, well, Caleb, if somebody does that, Daddy will turn into a big, hairy, angry gorilla and that person will be no more. And he smiles. But I know that it's, it's, a, it's actually a real fear in him and I say, look, son, here's the deal. The reality is that you're never alone. Mommy and Daddy are here and guess what? God is always with you. And so we wrap up our time together in praying. And part of what he prays every single night is, Jesus, help me to not be afraid. Help me to not be afraid. Now I'm not sure where my son came up with the idea that somebody could come in in the middle of the night and take him, I've not told him that. But I can identify with his fear. Only for me, the fear isn't about being taken out of my bed at night, my fear is about money. Do, am I going to have enough? My fear is about my health. Am I going to stay healthy? I had a dad who died at 61. What am I doing to make sure that doesn't happen to me? I, I worry about what do other people think about me? What's your fear? What is the fear that your mind goes to and that controls your thoughts, your actions? What about you? Here's what the Bible says in Philippians 4, eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things, Paul says. This verse comes in the context of Paul telling the church in in Philippi to live their whole lives as an expression of celebration to God. To live as an expression of, of celebration to God for his goodness. And part of how they and we are supposed to do that is to think continually about what God has done, the good things God has done to us, for us, the good things that God is doing in the world right now through us, through other people around us, to think on those things. Why? Because wherever our minds go, that's where our actions go. I had a high school coach in wrestling, in wrestling, who constantly preach to us on the team, if you can control your opponent's head, you'll control his entire body. The same thing is with us, only we're wrestling with a mind. We're wrestling with thoughts. If we can control our thoughts, we can control where we go, what we do, how we interact. So we need to guard our minds. Why? Because we're called to be thankful people. And part of being thankful is that we allow God reign in us rather than fear. We need to guard our minds. We need to enter into this process of practicing thankfulness and to become grateful people. Great. Cool. Sounds good, right? Let's do this. How do we do it? How do we go from chasing after the next big thing to being able to rest that Jesus really is enough, that God is enough, and be able to live out of that. I've got a practice I want to talk to you about, and it's a little bit like the football players I mentioned earlier, practicing their plays. We've got a short video here I want you to see, and it illustrates this really well. It's about a guy who had never, ever played golf in his life He picks up a golf club and three years later, he's been invited by the PGA to a tournament because he has, he's, he's entered into the challenge to spend 10,000 hours on something, practicing something to get really, really good at it. All right. So let's watch this video and then I'll wrap it up. For the first five months, all he did was putt. Can you imagine that? But he ended up from three years from first picking up a golf club to being able to go to the Pebble Beach tournament, being invited to play. I have no idea how it turned out, how he did. I'm sure he didn't win. He was still an amateur. But I want to give you a practice that is kind of along those lines something that you can do, something that integrates guarding your heart, your mouth and your mind, and it's something that you can do multiple times in a day for just five minutes at a time. That's it. Start out little, start out short, like he did, a foot away from the cup, putting and putting and putting, and do this over and over and over and over and over again until muscle memory, it becomes second nature. Here it is. At specific pre-planned points of each day, simply stop and bring your focus back to God because that's the practice. The practice is guarding your focus. It's guarding your focus. So stop at pre-planned points of each day and bring your focus back to God. Maybe you set an alarm on your phone to remind you, but take some time throughout your day to to thank God for all he has done and to ask him where he wants you to engage, giving his love away. You can do this by using the passage we started out with. As a matter of fact, we're going to have it up here on the screen, and I actually want us to read it together, okay? I want you to read it with me. This is practice. All right, you ready? It's up on the screen here, both sides. You can look. Ready? Begin. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Read that. Read it out loud. Let yourself hear the words. Read it slowly, okay? And then pray. Pray something like this. Father, thank you for all you have done to make me part of your family in Christ. Help me to be focused on, the, in the stre- on that in the stressful moments of the day and to not forget it when things are going really well. Help me to overflow with thankfulness to you in all I do and in all I am a part of, and help me to do this by your Spirit. Pray a simple prayer like that. Take five minutes to do it. Do it when you first get up out of bed in the morning or maybe right before you get out of bed in the morning. Do it uh, before lunch or after lunch. Do it when you're taking a break at school or at work. Do it before you go to bed. But do it at natural breaking points in your day and add it in there for five minutes at a time. When you do, this practice will influence your thoughts. You'll be guarding your mind. It will actually be encouraging you to speak things. You'll be guarding your mouth. And what you desire, it will affect what you desire. You'll be guarding your heart because you're intentionally focusing on God, his goodness, his character, his love, and who he is calling you to be. What if? What if? What if we as a community did this? What if you did this? What would your individual relationships look like? What could they look like? If you began practicing on a regular basis thankfulness and intentionally living a life of thankfulness, what could it be like? What could it be like for us as a community if we did this together? What would be said about our community if we were marked by that abiding thankfulness that demonstrated to all of Spokane County who our God is? and how good he is. What if? What if? Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you. Lord, sometimes those words are just words in my life and I wanna ask for your forgiveness on that. God, I wanna repent that many times in my life and in my world, my life doesn't demonstrate thankfulness, even though I say it, I'm still looking for something else. I'm still looking for that next greatest thing. God, forgive me. Help me to focus on you. Help us, God, as a community to focus on you, to rest in your love, in your grace, despite the circumstances that come up, despite the minor annoyances that come our day, our way every single day, help us to refocus on you, to practice thankfulness in all that we do and let that thankfulness overflow in our lives. God, so that as we encounter people, as we encounter lost and hurting people, people who are desperately in need of you, God, that that the thankfulness in our lives would overflow and would slosh over onto them and that they would receive your love through us. God, make us that kind of people where we live with open hands and arms lifted high to you and saying, you are enough. You are what we need. Make us that people, God, we pray. Now, if you're here and you want to become a Christ follower, I'm gonna say a prayer. If you want to be the kind of person who experiences God's love and is able to give that love away and and living thankfulness in your life, I'm gonna say a prayer, just make it your own. God, I want you. God, I want your goodness in my life. I want your love. In my life, I'm tired of being run by fear, by desire for other things. And so I give that to you and I ask, make me your child. Make me your child. God, for everybody who made that prayer theirs this morning, I pray that you would fill them right now with your spirit, that you would visit them, that they would experience your presence, the grace of your presence in their heart, in their mind, in their life. And that as they go from this place today, that they would, they would be engaged in the process of becoming more and more thankful in every day and in every way. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you are doing in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing one last song. And as we sing this song, it's called Surrender. As we sing this song, just make it a prayer. Make this your starting point today or maybe your re-engagement today of living a life of thankfulness and saying to God, I am yours. Do with me as you will. Let's sing this and then I'll wrap it up. Will you join me? Will you join me in the process of becoming more and more thankful and practicing that every day? Take that, those verses, pray just a little bit, multiple times, five times a day and see what God does in and through you. If you became a Christ follower for the first time today, we've got these new believer packets. They're by each of the exits on your way out. You can pick that up. It's got a Bible in there, some info for you. And then tell somebody, tell somebody, I want to hear about it. I want to celebrate with you. All right, if you weren't able to give your offering earlier today uh, and you missed the buckets when they went by, that's okay. We've got the, by each of the exits, there's a black box. You can just stick your offering in there or your communication card in there. That'd be great. If you need prayer, come this way. There's going to be a prayer team up here. If you need communion, we've got communion on both sides of the room. Feel free to take that. And one more thing, I want to invite you to come back next week. Come back next week because we're going to start our Christmas series. Pastor Kurt will be back with us and it's, uh, it's it's the Christmas journey that he's talking about, specifically how we don't have to be good enough but that God made himself like us to bring us close to him. So come back, be with us, bring some family and friends. You guys, thank you for being here. Have a good rest of your weekend. God bless.